This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Navigating change. All this month we've been talking about that. And we're going to finish it up today by talking about becoming an agent of change. Now, we've looked at change mainly from, you know, change as something that, you know, is occurring and is, is acting upon us and our responses to that in our attitude, in our faith, and in our understanding and the way that we, we walk through the changes that come to our life, whether it's individually in our families or whether it's in our, our church family, whatever it is, change is coming. We know this. If you've lived very long, you know this. Change does come, doesn't it? Amen. Man, I was looking just the other day at a picture, sending in our wedding picture, and wow. <laughs> what happened to that young guy that was in the picture with you, hon? He had all the hair. <laughs> I hardly had a wrinkle on his face, man. Change happens, doesn't it? It just does. You know, we got pictures when our kids were just l- little, you know, just... Little bitty guys, now they're all grown, got families, got careers. Change happens, you know, whether we, whether we will or whether we won't, will not, change is going to happen. So we want to talk about today, though, about becoming a change agent. Jesus, in Matthew 5, presented a very descriptive analogy of us believers, his people, when he calls us the salt of the world. You know, salt not only preserves food, from spoiling, but also it enhances the taste and the richness of the flavor to foods. Isn't that true? You know, you can eat some food and, you know, it can kind of taste kind of bland. You put some salt on that thing. Oh, wow. It brings out the flavor that was in the food, but it needed something, an agent to release that flavor and that richness of the food, and that was the purpose of the salt. And he said, that's you and I. We are salt. We are agent. We are to be agents of change. Because God desires that we become agents of change and bring about change that reflects the kingdom of God and the will of God, then he uh, puts within us his spirit, his grace, and that divine ability to be salt in life in our generation. Now, I believe this, that in the 21st century, the operative word for us in the church, in the kingdom of God, is not blessing, but change. You know, I, I've, I've been at this, you know, in, in, in the way, as they say, for 40 years now. <laughs> Somebody said, amen. <laughs> I tried to stay out of the way, but I've been in the way for 40 years. But, you know, I've seen, you know, different moves and seasons of the kingdom of God. Many of you have been in, you know, you've been believers that long and some of you even longer. So you know what I'm talking about. But you see different seasons and different moves of God that has a different emphasis and a different flavor, as it were. And in each of them, as we move along, there was an an emphasis that was placed upon it. And there was a time when there was an emphasis placed on, you know, on the, uh, 
you know, being born again and being in Christ and then being filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and then about the importance and of the integrity of God's Word and, and faith in God and faith in God's Word and all that it could do and, and all the different movements of God in different seasons and where we understood that God wanted to bless us, that we didn't have to be broke, busted and disgusted as we went through life. But now God's saying, I believe in this season with us that now, uh, Passion Church, now listen, we, we bring all of those previous things that God has revealed and brought to us, they're still ours. We don't lay down one and pick up another. That's the good thing about God. We just keep, God just adds to. Remember I, I told you about kingdom multiplication, kingdom math. God adds and multiplies. The devil subtracts and divides. So if you remember your biblical math, you'll never be confused about who's working. But God always adds to and adds to and adds to. So we're not saying that God's no longer blessing. God's no longer empowering with the Holy Spirit. God no longer wants us to use our faith. But we're saying that this season, God's saying, you know what? It's a season for change. And part of that is you and I becoming the change agent that God's called us and empowered us to do. In 2 Chronicles, it's a synoptic history of the rule of the kings of Israel. There was a young king, we're going to look at him just a little bit tonight, today, called Uzziah. He became king of Judah at the ripe old age of 16. And he ruled for 52 years. So I want to look at some things in his life because he was an agent of change in his day for Israel. And I want to look at three things that Uzziah did that I believe are important principles and keys for us as we uh, respond to the Spirit of God, uh, both corporately and individually, in becoming an agent of change in our day. Three things that he did. First, he fought. Second, he broke down walls. And thirdly, he built. He fought, he broke down walls, and he built. I want to read that over there in 2 Chronicles. If you want to turn over there, you can. But I'm going to read it out to you. 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 1. It says, All the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in place of his father Amaziah. He was the one who rebuilt Elath and restored it to Judah, and Amaziah rested with his fathers. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 52 years. His mother's name was Jacaliah. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of the Lord. And as long as he sought the Lord... God gave him success. That's a good thing to highlight right there. <laughs> he went to war against the Philistines, and he broke down the walls of Gath, Jabna, and Ashdod. He then rebuilt towers near Ashdod and elsewhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabs who lived in Gerbal and against the Meonites. The Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread as far as the border of Egypt. Because he had become very powerful. Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and at the angle of the wall. And he fortified them. 
He also built towers in the desert and dug many cisterns because he had much livestock in the foothills and in the plain. He had people working his fields and vineyards in the hills and in the fertile lands, for he loved the soil. Uzziah had a well-trained army ready to go out by divisions according to their numbers. Now, I read that there because I wanted you to see something. Uzziah was an agent of change in his day. And the first thing he, we see him doing here was he went to war. He went to war. You know, the Bible tells us, and the Apostle Paul mentioned this, and he said that we as believers have a fight, a war that we're in, and he said to fight the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith. If we're going to be a change agent, Obviously, there's going to have to be a war that is waged because we also know from Paul's writing in Ephesians 6, 12, he said that we do not war against flesh and blood. Now, let me just remind you, church, with all the stuff that's going on around us, post-election, all the stuff, all the voices that we're hearing and everything, let me just remind us all, we do not war against flesh and blood. That is really what the enemy would like for us to do. He would like for us to think that it's all about politics. It's all about this party versus that party. It's all about this plan versus that plan. But listen to me. It's all about us recognizing the fight of faith that we're in, and that is a spiritual battle that we're in. And we fight that good fight of faith so that what? We do not adopt an attitude and an understanding that is based in the values of the God of this world. He's called the God of this world. He's called the prince of the power of the air. And he is endeavoring to control the airwaves that will... To, to influence society, influence our, our, our structures and all of those things. But you know what? We are not those who do not have understanding. We don't get caught up trying to, to debate people. We don't get caught up trying to fight in the flesh. But we are people of faith, of insight, and we wore a good warfare of faith. Amen? Amen? We become, first way we do that is we become salt ourselves. We stay salty. We make sure that we have the values of the kingdom of God that we're living out, that we're exemplifying day by day. Isn't that right? We're, we're, we're not one way at work and then another way at church. We're the same way at church as we are at work. We're the same people at work as we are at church. We're the same people at home as we are at church. We are the people of God. We are salt and light. Our values are who we are. Isn't that right? So we're fighting this good fight of faith. And here's one of the things we have to do. We have to resist a passive spirit. Because the enemy wants to intimidate, doesn't he? Isn't that true? He wants to intimidate us. He wants to intimidate us in the workplace. He wants to intimidate us in school. He wants to intimidate us over the airwaves. He wants to intimidate us in the economic structure. Whatever it is, he is there and he is trying his best 
to intimidate the people of God and to get you to have a passive spirit. Oh, be careful what you say. You might get persecuted. Oh, God forbid. I do my best to avoid persecution, Pastor Norris. After all, you know, we don't want to stir the pot. Who told you that? Boy, I tell you what, you look at the Apostle Paul, he stirred every pot he came around. <laughs> you know, with Paul, they either had a riot or a revival. But something happened. Isn't that right? Now, I'm not talking about we got to go out and be, you know, stand up on your desk, you know, at the office place and preach. But I am saying this, that in whatever our sphere is, we are who we are. We're the people of God and we make no apology about it. I believe in God. I believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. I believe there's one way for salvation. There is no other name given under heaven whereby men may be saved. I believe that God's called us to live a holy life and a pure life, to be salt and light. I believe God's called us not to be judgmental, but to be full of compassion and forgiveness. I'm going to live out. See, that's fighting a good fight of faith. Because, see, I'm getting some of the salt out of the shaker. Are you listening? Doesn't do any good till it gets out of the shaker, does it? So here's the thing. And let me say this again. Who are, we, who are we fighting? Don't forget. Who are we fighting? Again, Ephesians 6, 12. We wrestle not. Or we do not wrestle, we would say. Against what? Flesh and blood. Pinch yourself a little bit. Not hard, but that, see, that's flesh and blood. We're, that's not who. See, I'm not out to debate you about your your, you know, your theology. I, I'm not out to debate all that. I'm not out to get into all this stuff about who's right, who's wrong. Who's, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to live the truth in love. Isn't that right? But I'm going to walk in the truth. I'm going to walk in the light. And if people ask me, guess what? I'm going to tell them the reason for the faith that I have in Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? I'm going to be quick to get the salt out of the salt shaker. You know, if you look around our society, I mean, I don't think you have to be too insightful, but you know what? Our society needs some salt, Amen. doesn't it? It needs some healing. It needs some salt. And we are the ones who are to bring it. But you know what? The God of this world wants to tell you, be quiet. Remember, I remember the story, you know, uh, blind Bartimaeus, remember that story? Jesus was walking by one day and people said, hey, blind Bartimaeus, guess what? What's all that noise? Jesus is going by. And blind Bartimaeus, man, I like him. He's a good example, too, of an agent of change. It says that blind Bartimaeus, he just yelled out, Jesus! We don't do that. We're, we're the quiet church. You know, they all tried to get him to calm down. Well, they weren't blind. I said, they weren't blind. I said, they weren't blind. It's amazing. When you get in a situation, all of a sudden your priorities change and you just don't give a hoot. Excuse me for cussing. They just don't give a hoot what people think. 
And you know the story. They told him to be quiet. He just got louder. <laughs> but isn't that, isn't that what the devil tries to do? Oh, now be careful. You better watch out. You might lose your job. You might not get that promotion. You better be careful. Don't you be saying that. Of course, you know, the people next to you, they can cuss up a storm. Yeah. <laughs> Tell their lewd jokes. But all me, the devil wants you. Don't you say anything. I remember, I don't know, anybody, everybody, probably, everybody knows who Joel Osteen is, probably, don't you? Well, John, his dad was John Osteen, founded that church. Some of you, some of you are, you give your age away if you know him. But I remember uh, Brother Osteen telling us this story one time. He said he was, he was at a car dealership, not at church, not at a convention, at a car dealership. And he was, you know, he was negotiating, you know, about buying a, a car there. And man, uh, you know, one of the salesmen, you know, uh, just started cussing and swearing and everything. And he, I mean, right there in front of him. And Brother Osteen, he didn't bother him one bit. He just got right up there next to him and started saying, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And he just shouted him down right there. <laughs> he said, if he can cuss God, I can praise God. <laughs> Isn't that right? Salt and light. You know, we all have different personalities, and I understand that. But God's called us to be an agent of change. And one of the things, the enemy wants to intimidate us. But what did, he, what did Paul tell Timothy? He said, he said, God's not given you a spirit of timidity. Of timidity. Don't be afraid to talk about Jesus. When you have opportunity, don't be afraid to, to, to just share your faith with people and tell them, listen, man, Jesus is the greatest thing in my life. He's wonderful. He's loving. He's forgiving. He's mighty. He's powerful. He cares about you. He wants to do something for your life and in your life. See, a lot of people, all they know is a religious Jesus. You know, he's mad. He's out to get you. Some people know a historical Jesus. Oh, yeah, he lived a long time ago. But you know what? We need to bring people up to speed that Jesus is alive today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is right here, right now for your life. Amen. Thank you for that one, clap. <laughs> so we're, we're fighting this warfare. We're fighting. We're going to war. And notice, it's a fight to the finish. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, we know this. Paul talked about it. He said, I have fought the good fight. Yes. I have finished my course. Yes. We said if we're going to be agents of change, the first thing Uzziah did is he went to war. You know what? I found this out after 40 years. There's still warfare I have to do for my own life. I have to resist doubt. I have to resist fear. I have to resist those things. You say, but, but you're a preacher. You, you've been saved 40 years. You've been in the ministry for almost 35 of those. That's right. And I'm still fighting the good fight of faith. When the enemy comes and says, well, and it's not going to work this time. You're not going to make it this time. This is it. This sickness, you're not going to get healed this time. You're not going to get blessing this time. You're not going to get the breakthrough this time. Nobody likes you today either. <laughs> Come on. Amen. You know, you have to fight the good fight of faith. Isn't that right? 
Insecurities try to come up. Fears try to come up. Doubts try to come up. You know what you got to do? You can't fight that with willpower. You take God's word and the faith he's put in your heart and you rise up and say, not today. Today is the day of my salvation. Today is the day I am called a believer and I'm going to believe today. I'm going to believe tomorrow. I'm going to believe next week, next year, the next 10 years. I am a believer. But you have to fight the good fight of faith. I'm not going to call wrong right. If, God, if the book, the Bible says it's wrong, if God says it's wrong, it's wrong. It's wrong for me, it's wrong for you, it's wrong for whoever. If it's wrong, it's wrong, isn't it? It's wrong for the preacher, it's wrong for the pew. It's wrong for everybody. Oh. Well, every once in a while I've got to preach a little, you know. So we have to go to warfare, don't we? You know, and that warfare extends to our prayer closet, doesn't it? Yes. Sure it does. You know, we get, we get alone with God and we begin to pray. We pray for our families. We pray for our cities. We pray for our nation. Why? Because we're agents of change. And not only is change out here in the marketplace, absolutely. What we just... I just talked about. But also change happens from the prayer room too. The Bible says, if we, God said, if my people who call by my name will humble themselves and seek my face. Isn't that right? He said, I'm going to hear from heaven. What's going to happen? He's going to heal the land. What happened? The salt is getting out of the salt shaker. The salt's getting out of the box. The salt's getting into the society. It's getting into the workplace. It's getting into our community. It's getting out to our nation, to the, to the White House, to the Capitol building, to, to the State House, to the mayor, to city chambers. It's getting out the salt. It's getting out. It's getting out. It's getting out. And when that salt gets out, Jesus said, it has impact. The second thing after warring Uzziah did is he broke down some walls. You know, to be an agent of change, God has called us, church, to break down some walls. Walls that, first, first walls is walls that separate people from God. Walls that separate people from God. Listen, I want people to know, listen, God's for you. God's for you. He's not against you. God's for you. Listen, church, if, if we know anything and we need to tell people anything, just start with that. God's for you. Amen. You think, but that's so simple. That's so obvious. Only because you've known it. Most people don't know God's for them. Most people think if there is a God, he must not be for me because I'm going through all this stuff. But we need to let people know, listen, God's for you. We break down those walls. There's some walls of misunderstanding about who God is, about who the church is. Listen, God didn't call us. You know, in Jesus' day, he had the religious people. They were called the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he said, the, he said those religious people, now listen, they could quote, you know, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. They could quote those verbatim. As well as 
other books that created the Talmud, which was, you know, about all about ceremonial washings and the way you do things and all that. They had their customs. They had it all down. Jesus said, all you do with the things you know is add a greater burden and a greater weight on people's lives. That's not the gospel. Are you listening? God's called us to be agents of change. Paul said the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The word salvation means freedom, liberty, forgiveness, healing, wholeness, soundness, peace with God. That's the message that we have. So we want to break down the walls that would separate people from God. There's no condemnation, but there's only what? Justification. God's offering justification. God's offering forgiveness, isn't he? God's offering a brand new life. God's offering a good deal. (laughs) Amen. And here's the good news. It's for everybody. Oh, aren't you glad? Forgiveness of sins for everybody. Becoming a child of God is for everybody. Being healed in your body, in your mind, in your emotions is for everybody. The blessing of God is for everybody. The peace of God is for everybody. What if the church just started giving it away to everybody? We'd probably see a lot of everybody's in the house, wouldn't we? Could you imagine if we put on our, we're not going to, so don't get excited. But if we were to put on our Facebook, this next Sunday at Passion Church, everybody that comes is going to get a brand new $100 bill. (laughs) Dushers would be trying to put out more chairs right now, wouldn't they? But see, here's the thing, church. What, what's the problem? And again, this is just, I, I'm, you know, I'm exhorting myself as, long as, I'm, as well as exhorting you. But here's the thing. What does that tell me? We need to get the good news out. Amen. Because we got a lot better than a $100 bill that won't last you. Don't go, $100 don't go like it used to. Man, I remember when I was in college, if I saw a $100 bill, whoo, that was big. That was real big 40 years ago. Real big. But you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't go as far as it used to, and it goes quick, doesn't it? Yeah. But what we have to offer, what God has to offer, and we on behalf of God is so much greater. And if we would begin to break down some of those walls that are in the minds of people, the Bible says that God, the God of this world blinds their eyes. He tells them that they're no good, that they're, they're worthless, that God don't love them, that God's mad at them, that God's out to get them. If they don't get their life together by sundown today, you know, it's over. <laughs> you know, I tell people all the time, listen, if God was out to get you, he's already had lots of opportunities. Yeah. Isn't that right? He's out to get you all right, but not in the way that the world says. So first thing is, if we're breaking down walls, we're going to break down things that separate people from God. Then secondly, things that separate people from people. Boy, we're living in a time right now. We could almost call it the great divide. Isn't that true in our nation? You know, there's... 
I think, you know, geographically, they taught us in geography, you know, about the continental divide. They still teach that? They probably don't teach that anymore. That's, you know, out, out where the Rockies are, actually, the continental divide is a dividing line there on this continent. And, you know, there's so many things that the enemy wants to use to divide us. And most of it is things after the flesh. That's right. Amen. Race, color, background, economic standing. We could, you, got, you can make a list as well as I can. That's what, you know, that's what the enemy is wanting to accentuate and accentuate and accentuate. Say, so you don't like them because they're not like you. Is this too plain? <laughs> this is where we live, isn't it? We're talking about becoming an agent of change. Isn't that right? An agent of change. And so things that separate people from people. Listen, hurts, woundedness, rejection. I, I dare say there's probably not a person you'll run into. I don't care what kind of self-confident front they put up that's not dealing with some kind of hurt or rejection or woundedness in their life. No, I know, you know, we, you know, of course, being a man, I know about, you know, with the men, but, you know, we're, us guys, we're really good about that. We got it all together. Yeah. I don't need no prayer. You need prayer? No, I'm, I don't need nobody. I don't need no prayer. You know, but listen, we're good at hiding sometimes, aren't we? We're good at compartmentalizing. But listen, we, we who have understanding about the kingdom and we know how the enemy works in the lives of people. If you live on planet earth very long, you're going to, you're going to be wounded. You're going to feel rejection. There's going to be things that come there and, you know, that separate people from people. And what we need to do when people start bringing up things in the natural about what separates us, let's be wise and let's start bringing up things of reconciliation that bring us together. Isn't that right? For God so loved the world. Who's that exclude? <laughs> the world is the world, isn't he? I know some of you, you know, you, as I said before, you did got a favor when you, you came, but he didn't, get any, he didn't get any favors with me, man, I'm telling you. I mean, you could have put my picture by the, where, where he said world, I, my picture could have been there. He, he didn't get any deals with me. God so loved the world, didn't he? The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, sometimes, especially after we've been Christians for a while, we get the idea of thinking, man, we got special privilege. Yeah. We start being like that Pharisee Jesus talked about who went up to pray. God, I think I'm not like those folks. Foul mouth, ungodly, heathen. Now, I know we, none of us pray like that, but, you know, this, see, but this, see, that's the thing we talked about fighting the good fight. That's one of the attitudes we have to fight. Amen. Jesus was constantly being criticized because of the company he kept. He was a drunkard. That's what they called him. You know, he went to parties and stuff. 
Hey, I can't help what the Bible says, you know. He went to park. He did. Didn't he? I, I know twice, you know, Matthew's, when he called Matthew, first thing they did is they went to his house and had a celebration. And all the tax collectors and all the, the worst sinners of the city, they were all there. <laughs> My God. I ain't going there. You know, you know what kind of people they let in that church? <laughs> yeah, people made in the image of God. Amen. People just like you and I who are desperately in need of a Savior. Amen. That's the kind of people we let in church. That's the kind of people that we allow to become friends with us so that we can speak into their life. Are you listening? Yes. People from people. How do we do that? Break down the walls. By the power of God. Yes. Uh, real quickly, I've got to hurry here because my time's running out. Luke 4. I want to read over there, though, with Luke 4. How many give you just a few more minutes? Luke 4. You'll have the rest of the day off. Won't that be great? <laughs> Listen to this. You know, this Jesus had come back from the temptation in the wilderness and everything. He'd gone to Nazareth. He begins, he was in there. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And then in verse 18, after he'd found the place, he said, he read, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know what? You and I have inherited Jesus' ministry. Amen. We've inherited Jesus' anointing. Amen. Are you listening? Yes. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1 21, He that has called us and anointed us is God. Amen. So we have inherited. If you want to know, what is the church supposed to be doing? What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? We know this. In Acts 10, 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about what? Doing what? Good. Doing what? Good. How many of you know what good is? Sure you do. See that religious mindset wants, well, now we don't know what good is. Well, let me hit you on the hammer with a ball-peen hammer on the head. Was that good? Your car just got totaled. That was good, right? No, we know what is good, don't we? Of course, we're talking about natural things, but we're talking here about spiritual things. What is good? We take the anointing and the spirit and the compassion and the love of God that we've received, and you know what we do? We just give it away to as many people as we can. Listen, our job is not to fix the world. That's God's job. But our job is to give away everything God's given to us to as many people as we can. Amen. The Bible calls the, the Spirit of God, when He is active in our life, one of the terms for that is called the anointing. And the anointing is simply the power of the Holy Spirit when He's active. You, want, you say, well, I just don't ever see that. Well, listen, what are you doing with what you got? If you get the salt out of the salt shaker, you're going to see and find that the power of the Holy Spirit begins to move upon people's lives. Isn't that right? 
You want to see people saved? You know what you do? You talk about salvation. You want to see people healed? You know what you do? You talk about Jesus the healer. You talk about people who've got, uh, you know, emotional pains and need, and need to be healed in, the, in their emotions and power. You talk about Jesus and the power to forgive. You talk about Jesus as the peace giver. And you know what? The Holy Spirit shows up as healer, as forgiver, as peace giver. He shows up in that capacity. And you know what you've just become? An agent of change for somebody. Finally, the last thing Uzziah did is he built. He built. It's interesting. He built, first of all, among his enemies. He built among his enemies. Isn't that amazing? Where has God called Passion Church to build and to grow and to get bigger? Oh, we're just believing that, you know, all those Christians over in that other church will find out that we got the best church and they'll all come over here. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> see, we, we don't want to get in the natural again where we're starting to, 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 see, we talked about in the natural. Oh, we're, you know, this is the best church. That's the best church. This is the best church. Listen, if we are the church God called us to be, then we're the best church. And if First Baptist is a the church they're called to be, they're the best church because we're all in the same church. <laughs> Isn't that right? We're all in the same church. We're in the family of God. But we're where God has put us, where God has set us. And you know, here's the thing. When we build this church, when we move forward and we build and we are going to build this church, you know what? We're gonna, it's going to be built from among the what once were our enemies. Not that we're enemies of them, but they see us as enemies. But you know what? It's amazing. I wasn't brought up in church. I mean, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know anything about church, not much. I mean, you know, you grow up in the South, obviously, you know a little bit about church. You know, you have an aunt or a grandma or somebody. <laughs> Isn't that right? Thank God for them, you know. But, I, you know, I wasn't in church. I didn't know anything about church. You know, and I grew up, you know, I, some of you heard my testimony, I won't get all into it, but you know, because of life and I, you know, I didn't have God in my life, I didn't know how to handle it, so I was just mad at the whole world. You know, my dad used to beat us and abuse us, beat my mom, drunk all the time, couldn't keep a job, didn't have, most of the time didn't have food to eat, didn't have electricity, because you know, you don't pay the bills, guess what? They turn it off. So anyway, I won't get into all that. We went through all that. So by the time I got in teenage years, I was mad. I was angry. I, I mean, man, you just looked at me. I thought if you looked at me wrong, if I thought you were going to look at me wrong. <laughs> you know, you've seen those signs that says, don't walk on the grass. And then you've seen the other that said, don't even think about walking on the grass. That's the way I was, man. I, my fuse was this long. And, you know, i just mad at people. And I, you know, I thought everybody was my enemy. And finally, somebody, God got somebody saved that had enough boldness because he used to be the drug dealer I bought my drugs from. So he got saved. <laughs> First few months, we just thought Tony is just, you know, he's gone off to Jesus in, you know, too many drugs. <laughs> One LSD trip, too many. Oh, poor Tony. 
bless his heart. He's just gone off the deep. But he was the only one who had enough courage to, to, to witness to us. He'd give us a track. I'd wad it up and throw it back in his face. <laughs> but see, this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to reach out to those people. But he says he built among his enemies. Because, you know, here's the thing. We want to we see the hurting and the broken, those that are lost come in. I don't want people from other churches. God's got them in other churches. God bless them. God, I, you know, I want to see them build among the enemies too. God bless them. I, man, everybody's preaching Jesus. I'm for them. Man, I'm riding through the city and I, I go by a church. Man, I, you know, practically every time, if not every time, man, I'll just pray for that church real quick. I'm, God bless them. God, thank you for such and such church. Bless that pastor, man. I'm happy for all of them. Someone says, you hear so-and-so, they're starting another church. Last thing in the world we need is another church. Not so. The first thing we need is another church. If God's called them. You going to get everybody in Montgomery County and the River Region in your church? No, you're not. We're going to get some. They're 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 going to get some. And by the time we add all the sums up, we've reached the whole city. Isn't that right? Sure. So he built among his enemies. I, I don't want transfer growth. I want us to, to see people coming in and getting saved and getting their lives changed. Just like the same thing happened to you. Remember, anybody remember when you got saved? Woo, I remember, man. I didn't get saved in church. I, I did everything wrong. You know, this friend I was telling you about, their family owned an appliance store. And I remember he'd been witnessing to me I don't know how long. And I could tell you other stories, but I, I won't get into that. But finally, one day I went in there, and here he is. Tony's asking me about getting saved again. Man, God had been working on me. Of course, I didn't tell him that. <laughs> you know, tough guy. But God had been working on me. He said, he asked me, he said, you want to get saved and one day? And I said, yes, I do. I do. Man, I think he about fell over. <laughs> He said, well, let's pray right here. So right there in front of God and everybody in an appliance store, and, and I mean a washing machine was the altar. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> and you know how the devil works. Just about the time I got, we got ready to pray, here come all my buddies in. <laughs> you know, all the partying buddies, drinking buddies, they just as rough and... Tough as I was, you know, you know what I mean. And just to show how tough they are, Tony said, Narcissus is getting ready to pray and receive Jesus. Y'all want to pray? Boom. I mean, you'd have thought they'd put a grenade out there or a bomb. Man, they scattered. Now, listen, these are people you could have pulled a gun on and wouldn't have done that to them. He built among his enemies. He built among his enemies. Okay, i got to move along. <laughs> he built in new territory. He built among the Philistines. He rebuilt someplace, but he built new territory. I want us to take new territory, Passion Church, in 2017. Well, I've talked about God speaking to us about being creative and innovative. You know, this is an opportunity. When change comes, you know, sometimes it forces us to, to get creative. We're going to get creative in our new venue. But, you know, it can be a good thing for us. 
we, new people can be exposed to us and we can be exposed to some new people and some new territories and we can begin to build up the house of God here at Passion with people just like you and I used to be. And you know, the scripture says, he that, Jesus said, he that's forgiven much loves much. I'm going to tell you what. Some of us old timers better look out. Because the new people come in and they get saved. And they're wide open to God for anything God wants to do in their lives and through their lives. And I'm telling you what, they're going, you're going to be there. You're, man, they're going to be, you're going to feel their wind when they go by you. You know what? We're going to let them. I said, we're going to let them. I said, we're going to let them. Oh, but we ain't never. Yeah, but uh, we're going to let them. On my part, we're going to let them. I want them in. I want, I want it. I want freshness. I want newness. I want creativity. I want innovation. I want to see uh, young people, middle-aged people, older people. It doesn't matter their age, but I'm telling you, they come in. They're so thankful and they're so happy that God has forgiven them so much and God's done so much in their life and they're so in love with Jesus and they just go act crazy like you used to be. <laughs> and some of you still are. Thank God. Then it says he dug new wells or new cisterns. Listen, to drink from. I want, you know, I want God to begin to bubble up something new and passion church that people will want to come and drink from. New flow of the Spirit, a new move of the Spirit of God out there on AUM campus. Woo, wouldn't that be something? Someone says, yeah, but you know, pastor, those students come in. They don't have a whole lot, uh, you know, money to give. I don't care. God's got plenty of money. I'm not after people for how much they can give. I'm after people for how much God can give them. Hallelujah. Isn't that truth? All right. He says he dug. And then finally, It says he exacted tribute from his enemies. You know, the tribute I want to get is people, places, and possessions. In Psalm 2.8, it says this. It says, Ask ye of the Lord, and he will give you the heathen for your inheritance. The tribute I want to get from the enemy is people, souls, lives, people. That's the tribute I want to exact from the enemy. I want to tell him, you got to give them up. You got to give them up. You got to give up the hurting, the lost, the bound, the drug addict, the prostitute. You got to give them up in Montgomery, Alabama. You got to give them up. You got to give up that intellectual that's so sure that they've got it all together. You've got to give them up. You've got to give them up. We break your power. We're not going to let you have them. We're not going to let you keep them. We're going to exact tribute from the enemy, which is what? First people. You know what I'm about? People. I'm not about a building. I'm not about a bottom line on the ledger of the finances. I'm about people. People. Jesus didn't die for money or buildings. He died for people. It's about people. People that are different from you and I. People that haven't got it all together yet. Amen. Amen. And then possessions and places. This city, this region, this area. 
This is the tribute that God's called us to exact. And you know what? I believe we can if we become a change agent. Let me real quickly, I always give you some action points real quickly. Action steps. Becoming an agent of change. First, assess if and where the enemy is occupying territory in your life. Got to start with myself, don't I? Got to start with myself. Personal responsibility. Is there an area where the enemy is occupying territory? It might be an attitude. It might be some unforgiveness. It might be, uh, you know, uh, anger that's out of control. Whatever it might be. Some kind of woundedness, rejection, whatever it is. Is there an area in my life that I need to assess that, first of all, and deal with that? I'm going to let the enemy stay in my life. Then, go to war. You know, war inevitably has this connotation, violence. You ever seen a peaceful war? (laughs) It's an oxymoron, isn't it? They're antithesis. Jesus said, heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by got to go to war you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired you got to say listen enough is enough is enough is enough is enough and me and God can handle this go to war look for walls that separate you from God's will or other people again First starts with me. What's some, see, I can have, without realizing it, I can have what I think are, you know, I think are spiritual attitudes when really they're just religious attitudes. And they cause me to, to come across as self-righteous. Have you ever been around a self-righteous person? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. It almost, I mean, it just makes you want to go barf somewhere almost, doesn't it? <laughs> No, nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. Besides, as Paul said, what do you got that you wasn't given to you? Well, you acted all super spiritual like you, you know, you earned all that. No, you didn't. (laughs) And then finally, find some new territory to build in. Might be at the workplace. Might be in the classroom, might be in your neighborhood, might be somewhere, some new territory that you can go and begin to build in. Build, not tear down, build. Build. Give people grace, give people the gospel, give people healing, give people Jesus. Isn't that right? Thank you for your enthusiasm. I know, I'm about worry out. Let's go and pray. Father, right now, Lord, we've been talking all this month about being an agent, uh, uh, navigating change, and today about being a change agent. Father, I pray that we here at Passion Church will give heed to what you are saying to us. God, doesn't matter what you're saying to other people. It's what you're saying to us. We want to embrace the change you're bringing. We want, we want to get excited about it, Lord. Father, we want it to begin in us, but we don't want to stop there. Father, we want it to spread from our lives, from this church, into our city, into this region, into every area that you've called us to. 
Father, I'm reminded of what you said in Isaiah 58, verse 12. Lord, you said that your people will be those who rebuild the ancient ruins. That we'll be people who raise up the age-old foundation. And people will call us the repairer of broken walls and the restorer of places to live in. God, this is my prayer for Passion Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me make a couple of announcements real quickly. Then we're going to dismiss you and let you go. Thank you for your patience today. I know we went over a little longer, but I wanted to, to finish this. And, of course, the announcement that we want to make is so critical. If you weren't here when I made the announcement, February the 26th is going to be our first meeting in our brand new venue at AUM Goodwin Hall, room 109. Notice the time change, too. The time is going to be 11.30. Wow. And that has to do because of the, the venue and so forth and us working with them and other people who are also using it. So it's going to be at 11.30. So that means you got an extra hour. <laughs> I know. I know you won't be late if it starts at 11.30. <laughs> Pick up, if you didn't get one, there are some flyers that you can get. Make sure uh, they'll be out there on the way out, right, Brother Preston? Thank you. Get one of them. It's got all the pertinent information. It's got a map of the, of the AUM campus. Uh, Cindy's laid it out beautifully. She's even highlighted how, where to park. Uh, you know, if you need uh, 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 parking for handicap, where to do that, where to get on the elevator, all that's on this handout. We're going to be talking about it more. Make sure you get one. February 26th, AUM, Goodwin Hall, 1130. Don't forget. Also, too, Brother Danny Johnson is going to be with us February the 12th. February the 12th. So you don't want to miss that. Brother Danny is an evangelist. He's a dear friend of mine. He's been all over the world, the United States, preaching this gospel for many, many years with signs following. Come expecting God to, and listen, if you know people who are, who are not saved, invite them. Invite them. You know people that need healing in their body? Invite them. People that need to be encouraged? Invite them. Thank you, honey. That's February the 12th. Also, our singles ministry startup. It's called Singles Saved and Set Apart, a new ministry for singles. We want to make sure it's clear, if you're an adult and unmarried, no matter your age, this is a ministry for you. Even if you have children, they, they told me, if you're single, if you're single, then sign up out in the foyer. Uh, Jessica will be out there. Jessica Cotton will be out there, uh, and she'll answer any questions, but sign up. They're going to have a, an interest meeting to, uh, real soon, so make sure you do that. I, I would encourage you to do that. I was a single young man, saved for, for a number of years. And I'm telling you what, it's a great blessing to have other people who can relate to where you're coming from and relate that you want to live a life dedicated to God, amen, and can encourage one another. Also, if you're new to Passion Church here today, I'd like to meet you, Cindy and I. That's the pretty lady over there. Uh, 
we'd like to meet you and just get to know you a little bit, get to know who you are. Maybe uh, we can set up a time we can get together later in the week for a cup of coffee or something like that and get to know you a little bit. Also, if you're here this morning, I did a little bit different, but here's the thing. You know, the Bible says that every one of us were made to have a relationship with God. But every one of us have gone our own way. Now, you might not have been a hellion like I was. Can you say that in church? I guess you can. I just did. did. (laughs) And on drugs and all that. But you know what? Let me ask you this, you know. How dead is dead? I mean, if you were run over by a truck or if you fell off a ladder, dead is dead, isn't it? The Bible says we were all dead in our sins and our trespasses. Because what? We've all gone our own way. So if you've ever gone your own way, then you need what I'm talking about. And that is a relationship with God by faith in Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about that and have somebody pray with you, right up here to my left is called the first step. There's people up there that will pray with you, will answer any questions that you have, and also give you some information from the Bible about what it means to be a child of God, to be saved, to have your sins forgiven, to come back into right relationship with God. It's the most wonderful thing in eternity, (laughs) in all the world. Amen. Stand up on your feet. This week, I'm believing for one of the greatest weeks ever in your life. And, and, and in this way, not just blessing on you, yes, but this week that you purpose that you're going to be a change agent. You just, and how, how do you do that? You don't have to try to make something happen. You just say, God, here I am. And live in the moment. You know, you're out shopping, you know, maybe you're at TJ's or wherever you go shopping, you know. And you just say, God, I'm here, I'm going about business, but I'm in the moment. You show me if there's somebody here that I can reach out to, that I can encourage, that I could pray for. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will show you. Isn't that right? If nothing else, do like, do like I tell you I do sometimes. I just go, every time I'm out shopping with Cindy and I'm following her around, you know, Kirkland's or TJ's or wherever we are, and I'm following around this stuff, you know, I just start praying for everybody in there. You know, and sometimes when you do that, not every time, but sometimes God will say, hey, go over and talk to that person. You know, I sometimes you, I mean, see them looking at something and saying, boy, that's, that's pretty nice, isn't it? Isn't that great? I don't know. You know, you just strike, you don't, you don't have to jump in there. God told me to talk to you. <laughs> You're going to scare them away. <laughs> Holy cow. Back up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. In a little space. Isn't that right? But I'm believing that God is going to use you this week. You know, and don't, don't underestimate just an encouraging word. Just showing people some love, especially if it's people you're around on a reoccurring basis. You just keep sowing that seed. You just keep sowing that seed. You just salt, salt out of the shaker, salt, salt out of the shaker. You know what? And then just let God do what He
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.